The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not, but later changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I am going, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Miss Monica asked her Sunday school class to draw pictures of their favorite Bible stories. But she was puzzled by little Kyle's picture, which showed four people on an airplane. So she asked him which story that his uh, drawing was meant to represent. The flight into Egypt, said Kyle. Oh, I see, said Miss Monica. And that must be Mary, Joseph, and Jesus on the plane. But who is that fourth person? Well, Kyle smiles broadly and he says, that is Pontius the pilot. <laughs> this story, aside from being a little bit inaccurate, it has significance because today is the world day of migrants and refugees. And it reminds us that the Holy Family themselves were refugees for a time in Egypt to escape King Herod. Our church has a long history of helping those who have been displaced by war, famine, and other dangerous situations. And really, if you look at our two founding parishes, St. William and uh, St. Gregory the Great, they also have a history of helping several um, refugee families settle in this particular area. And this goes right back into the 1990s. And these families uh, were of different nationalities and they were also of different faiths as well. The support of migrants also extends to the many migrant workers in Essex County. And our local churches support and advocate for these workers whose voices are very often ignored. This is called charity and social justice in action. It's not merely words, but it's actions that line up with words of support and also words of challenge when people are being used or forgotten. And this is putting our mission of loving others into concrete 
action. We hear in today's gospel the mounting tension between Jesus and the um, ruling Jewish leaders. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus has entered Jerusalem in triumph. He's ridden in on a donkey. People are cheering him. He goes to the synagogue. He, um, he um, cures the sick and the suffering there. And he has also just overturned the tables of the money changers, these mer merchants in the temple who were more concerned with making money than they were with worshiping God. And he tells them, he says, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And so Jesus has caught the attention of the religious authorities because of his actions. And they want to know the source of his authority. They want him to, to explain why he's been doing these things. And he refuses. Instead, he poses a parable. And this is the first of three parables that uh, we will be hearing the other two in the coming weeks. And the, these are three parables he shares with the authorities. All of them, and I might add, not too subtly, depict these particular religious leaders to a T and not in a very flattering light. Jesus knows that the actions of some of the scribes and the Pharisees do not line up with what they say. In Matthew 23, he says of them, they tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and they lay them on the shoulders of others but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. These are very harsh words. Today's parable is very simple, but it's also very direct. And so given the same task by their father, the first son refuses his father, but later changes his mind and obeys in his actions. He's had a change of heart, and that is called repentance. The second son obeys with his words, but disobeys with his actions, or I should say, with his inaction. And so which son, Jesus asked this question, which son did what the father wanted? And I think that we can agree that many times actions do speak louder than words, and that even if his words were disobedient, the first son was the one who did the will of his father. And so Jesus tells these scribes and Pharisees, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. And so some of these chief priests and elders, they like to flaunt their piety, but they did not act according to what they professed. They did not respond to the message of John the Baptist, which was, repentance. Their faulty religious practices in effect became a barrier to God rather than a bridge to him. Instead, John's um, <clears throat> message was embraced by those whom we might not expect, tax collectors who were hated, who were Roman uh, collaborators, prostitutes and other sinners we're repenting, we're listening and hearing John's message. 
And because of that, these sinners would enter the kingdom of heaven before these other religious leaders. And so how does this parable apply to us today? Do our words show obedience to God? If not, do our actions reflect our obedience? God desires a full conversion of heart and our actions, which will give evidence of our love for him and for all of his beloved people. We are called to be obedient to our Father and to seek his will. But how can we do this? I think we could look at a couple of ex excerpts in Matthew's gospel that might help us. In chapter 22, Jesus, Jesus tells us, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And again, Jesus tells his disciples right at the very end of Matthew's gospel, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so I would sum up our mission in this way. Our mission is to love God, love others, and to bring people to Christ. Love God, love others, and bring people to Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we all are entrusted with this responsibility. And one way we do this, do this is by imitating the actions of the first son. I can't speak for you, but I know that uh, if I had a penny for every time that I behaved like the second son, well, I'd probably be a wealthy man, at least materially anyway. I think it's safe to say that we have all said one thing and done another. We've all pro professed moral righteousness, but maybe have fallen a little short in our actions. That's part of being human. That's part of our brokenness. Some, some questions that we might ask ourselves are, do we spend more time working on our favorite hobbies than our prayer life? Do we spend more time becoming an expert in our profession than in our faith? Do we tolerate in our own lives hidden habits of selfishness and sin? Are we silent on moral issues like abortion because we are afraid to offend someone? When we take the time to examine our priorities and our choices, we may find that there's a contradiction between what we profess and how we live our lives each and every day. And that is not a good thing. When we fall into that contradiction, we don't grow in our experience of God's love, his grace, and his mercy that is available to us. We don't grow in wisdom and peace. We don't grow in deep Christian joy which is the earmark of a true Christian. And we end up risking our very souls. A faith that is lived each day is a faith that makes an impact, 
not only on our lives, but on the lives of many, many other people that, that we don't even know or realize sometimes. These people need to hear and they need to see our witness in our lives each and every day. St. James expressed this well when he said, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. And so I encourage you to continue to heed God's call in your lives each and every day. We have done so much as a parish and we've done so much as individuals to support, to help th those vulnerable people, not only around us, but around the globe. But there is still so much more to do. May we continue to love God by loving others and showing them by our words and our actions that God's mercy and love is available to all people, regardless of what their lives look like right now, regardless of the choices that they've made in the past. Our God is ready to comfort and to heal those who come to him in need. I recommend you take the time to watch um, the reflections of Pope, Paul, or <laughs> Pope Francis on the World Day of Migrants and Refugees. And you can, uh, you can Google YouTube World Day of Migrants and you will find them there. And they're, they're very beautiful. They're, there's a reflection by, by Pope Francis and there's also um, a refugee or a displaced person who gives their testimony and talks about their experiences. Our area 40 days for life prayer vigil in front of Met Hospital in support of the unborn it's once, again, it's once again begun this week. It started on, on Wednesday, complete with all safety protocols. And this is a way for all of us to have a profound difference in this culture of death that we find ourselves in. And we can influence minds, we can change minds, we can change hearts, and we can actually save lives of unborn babies. Just Google. 40 Days for Life Windsor, and you'll find Lori Eberhardt's phone number there. Uh, give her a call for more information. She's waiting to hear from us. You remember the old saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Well, let us instead pave the road to heaven, backing up our intentions with good Christian action. <laughs>